welcome to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Matthias. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I are scribes from an ancient time, uh, trying to transcribe our, these ancient tomes into the vernacular, but we never actually learned an alphabet. Exactly. So we're doing a challenge. Each week we sit down. Our goal is to write a complete short story using three of four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read what we wrote, we talk about what we learned in writing it, and then uh, we talk about stories sent in by you listeners. Mundo. we're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof media production. A doof media production. How's been your week, Jarvis? I was the one that wrote this week, but how's been your week? My week has been pretty solid. Uh, it is the second to last week uh, before school does start. Oh, God. Start. Yeah. <laughs> Which that is a impending doom that i'm not ready for yeah uh but i have tried my best to kind of use this week to rest up and uh relax uh right before i have to start going on campus (laughs) yeah do you have do you have campus classes no uh, no i do not but i know that i cannot uh spend all of yeah i cannot spend the rest of 2020 and half of 2021 still in this damn apartment yeah. So I'm going to be doing something, probably going to like the the library or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Summer's always a rough time for me because uh, I don't hang out with as many people as I do normally. I really rely on that forced social interaction you get daily. Um, yeah. Classes, when going to classes. Projects. So I, I usually look forward to the semester coming up because it's like, oh, yeah, now I will, you know, be marginally less depressed all the time uh but now it's just the more work part without the added <laughs> socialization bits so it's which just is stress. not gonna yeah it's not really uh my if you were purchasing stock in my mental health yeah. uh, you would want to sell right now oh, i think <laughs> i mean you would have you would have wanted so to sell this entire pandemic but like now especially yeah yeah oh man and, and also it like really does suck because even when you do get the opportunity to have some sort of social interaction, uh, there's that voice in the back of your mind saying, yeah, but you're definitely going to catch COVID. Yeah, and you're a bad person for even entertaining yeah, the thought of hanging exactly. out with another human being. Uh, so it's like a it's like a triple-edged sword. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're just trying to be happy, but that's yeah. all right. <laughs> um, anyway, on that uh, light note... Um, <laughs> Um, okay, so, uh, what were the words this week, Jarvis, I guess? (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for asking me and changing the tone very quickly. Uh Uh-huh, it's Uh, it's so upbeat right now. Yeah, bada-boo. But the words for this week are abolish, facts, romantic, and air. So, Matthias, what words did you use this week? Um, I used all but facts because that okay. is the uh, extremely specific one. Uh, mm-hmm. It was really fun seeing how people worked that one in because no, almost no matter what kind of story it was, it ended up being somewhat integral in, in deciding how the story would form. Yeah, um, definitely, but, definitely. But yeah, I went the other direction uh, and it's got to <laughs> do with some royals. Actually, I don't even know if I originally were, wrote the word air in there when you read it, uh, but it definitely will be in there when I read it on air mm. right now because <laughs> it'll be subtly different um <laughs> all right but cool. yeah it's about that's some royals uh, you know um it's it's not so complicated i kind of like discovered more of what it was about as i went through and um yeah i'm looking forward to talking about that yeah definitely i uh, definitely want to figure out what your writing process was like but uh before you do start is there is there anything that we really need to know about it or can we just go ahead and hop in nope all right So the story is called Marriage Favors. They were on the balcony of the Holy Tower of Althesir, a spiraling spire of white marble sticking haphazardly out of the city's major temple. An architectural feat, to be sure. The stairs were essentially enclosed tubes spiraling around the central pillar, but gods be damned if it looked like it belonged coming out of the brown brick temple. Maybe that was the point. Below, a crowd of nobles and commoners, both, cheered and whooped to celebrate the new royal couple. Red and silver foreign nobles and blue and gold locals. 
It's not exactly romantic, is it? Hesir said, next to Marithia. He was resplendent, in a form-fitting palace suit shaped to resemble battlefield armor. All straight lines and blocks, the red bursting almost out of the confines of the silver trim. It looked satisfying on him. When he spoke, he did it slyly, in hopes that those below wouldn't wonder too much at their words if they didn't see them speak. He was waving at the people, as he was supposed to. Marithia kept waving as well. She did her best to position her arm and body so that her mouth was invisible while she spoke. What? Getting sold to buy an alliance? No, I suppose not. Trust me, I don't want to be here either, he whispered out of the corner of his mouth. Oh? She spared him a glance. He was still looking out at the crowd, waving a hand. When he spoke, it was through an unmoving smile. It didn't reach his eyes. No, you're not exactly my type. Princesses in general aren't, really. She almost frowned. Not because he didn't like princesses. She'd heard the rumors, come to terms with it without much trouble. Plenty of nobles took lovers after all, even those that were attracted to each other. But that he didn't like her because she was too much of a princess. It twisted at her gut, in the same way putting on that god's damned bridal gown had. She pursed her lips. I'm surprised you would tell me this now, so soon. How can you trust me with that kind of information? You know the stakes of this marriage. You know that the hawks and vultures and sycophants of that, of that foreign empire would froth at any excuse to annul the marriage, the alliance. The constitutionalists want to abolish the monarchy altogether. They'll take any excuse they can. So you're saying... Abruptly, he turned to her. Ice blue eyes framed by dark skin, dark eyebrows. That smile still flashed bright, but those eyes... They made it clear he wasn't happy. Who would you tell, regardless? She pursed her lips. Point? Well, then, I don't expect us to share the same bed? No. Not in that sense, anyway. It might be best to share quarters, however... And the company of another warm, beautiful person in bed has never hurt before, even if it didn't provide pleasure, specifically. The corners of his eyes pinched, and the smile was genuine, suddenly. It sent a shiver of warmth to her cheeks, and she had a fight to not look away. Stupid, handsome men making her feel things. The crinkles fell away before he said, But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Mm, she nodded. They're expecting us downstairs. Right. He gave a final wave to the people cheering on the street, and they turned to go inside. He led, because of course he had to, part of their roles. It was so funny to Marithia, the whole event was a performance on everyone's part. The people on the street were putting a show on of cheering for the royals, so the nobles would notice, and for each other, to show loyalty. The nobles were the same, trying to gain favor with each other in the royal houses. Was there anyone in that crowd that was being genuine? The children, perhaps, but she supposed they were performing for their parents, too. She remembered having to do the same when some foreign circus came to put on their acts. She was supposed to squeal with delight at whatever grotesque creature they'd trained, to ease tensions and assure the nations of some mutual childish amusement. They had a moment of reprieve as they went down the spiral stairs of the tower, they half-dropped their personas, giving their cheeks a rest. I'll consider it a gesture of good faith, she said. Hmm? Your admission. In that case, providing, of course, I treat your preferences in company with respect, could I ask a favor of you? Of course. We're married. You're allowed to ask favors of me. She let out a single bark of laughter. It was harsh, and felt good in the chest in a way that the measured and intentional tittering of the court didn't. I'm not sure you're going to like it. He raised an eyebrow. They stopped at the bottom of the stairs. They could afford to wait just a moment before they stepped out and became swarmed by courtiers and priestly servants. I... She placed her hands at his belt. He stiffened, and she slid her hands around the sides... She gripped the hilt of his sword, gave him a look. When he didn't stop her, she gently slid it out. The blade was beautiful, 
shining even in the slim light coming in from the slits of the windows. The runes glowed red softly, but they were mostly for aesthetic. It wasn't a sword for battle, even she could tell that. The rubies and silver of the pommel likely wouldn't stand up to a good blow. She gave it a slow swing, letting it trace through the air, feeling the weight. She felt strong, just holding it. Taller. Bolder. It felt right. I want to learn to use this. And wear armor. He was still eyeing her. It was nice that he hadn't questioned it. I don't see why not, though you might not... She looked at him. Your armor. He furrowed his brow. I... What? I'm not saying no, but why? They'll never allow me near a battlefield. There's progress, but we're still living in imperial days in a lot of ways. But if I was wearing your armor, that wolf's helm you wore at the tournament last I saw you... Well... They might not realize it was me at all. They'd be able to tell, I think. We're a bit different in build, not to mention if you spoke, your voice. Hmm. She gave him back the sword, and he sheathed it. She appraised him, taking a slow walk around him. When she was done, she looked up. You're thin, you know. Fit, but thin. I dare say we're closer than you think. And with a bit of padding, some enchantments for comfort... I think I'd make a very good double. She smiled. And you don't have to worry about my voice. I already have a solution for that. This wouldn't be the first time I've done up in men's clothing. Not many other ways to see the city when you're the heir to a kingdom. That was only mostly true. She liked being mistaken for a common man, though. They had more respect on the street. People moved out of the way of men. He took a moment to consider. Sure, risking my life for a show has been a duty I've never enjoyed. Last question before we go out. Why not make your own armor, pose as some new noble? Why mine? She smiled, brushed her hair back over her shoulders and said, Only royals are allowed in the continental tournament. She pushed the doors open, not looking back to see his reaction. A little performance, just for the two of them. When she smiled for the courtiers applauding and bowing before her, it was genuine. His was too. Yeah, now now we're back. We're back. Uh, I know I'm. I normally it's the other person that speaks first, but I just want to make it um, clear that d- during the break, right there, uh, Jarvis mentioned crossing fields that I mentioned in our our bonus episode uh, the mm-hmm. other day, and now it's in my head. So it's so amazing. Da, 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 da. I got the the part where it goes. Ah, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, just take five seconds of that audio and put it right there, so it's not me singing it. <laughs> Honestly, that is fine. That is completely legal. I think as I think five seconds five. is fine. Yeah, yeah. I, think I, I think it's up to like ten. Five is okay. To ten. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, oh, but not but, not two, not two not, seconds. <laughs> it's only five. Uh, only five. Um, but yeah, yeah. Wow, I really enjoyed this story, Matthias. Uh, I think something that I that was really like striking to me was the description of this spire and this like uh, and this kind of kingdom that you're building, and also their very strange yet enjoyable to read relationship that they're uh, Mm. coming out with so kind of could you tell me what inspired you to write this this week um this this was one of those times where i was like okay let just gotta let myself roll and i just Mm -hmm. started to think up dialogue and went from there so i started off with uh some pretty simple stuff of like this isn't um isn't this romantic or something like that uh but i meant it like sarcastically and then i basically uh, just built a response to that and then response to that and then so on until I had these two characters. And it wasn't until about three quarters of the way through that I was like, oh, let's actually uh, do something here um, <laughs> where um, I had the 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 prince be gay. Right. But yes, I w- it wasn't like a, you know, point of contention in the story because I didn't really want it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so 
uh, I was like, okay, well, what's the other thing that the the princess has, right? That is is going on, making her life more difficult. Um, and so I was like, well, I don't want her to just also be gay because then it's just like, yeah. I mean, that, that's a, that's a that's a different story than what I've already written, you know? Yeah. Um, like they're. She would be like, "Oh, sweet, cool. Uh, me too." And then <laughs> it was, yeah. And I didn't yeah. write that. Um, and, then, and then they would both just be using the other as a beard. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's great. Uh, <laughs> but no, that doesn't quite turn out this way. Um, and so I think I, I was like, "Well, let's do. Um, you know, what's she going to get from him? You know, using the sword. What does that mean?" And I was like, "Oh." Uh, maybe she actually doesn't like being a woman uh, or a princess specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was playing with, around with that. I, I don't think it's something that like she knows um, like explicitly, but I think she would be the happier as a man. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that's basically what the story is going to be about. If, I mean, if I were to continue the trend. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I think just by reading this story, you did a really great job at uh, implicating a, a lot of things. Like, I like how you weren't so oh, oh, overt in a, uh, in a lot of the dialogue about the prince being gay. You know, how, how it, mm-hmm. was, it was obvious, but also a bit subtle. Uh, and then also uh, towards towards the end, when the princess started talking about wearing the uh, princess armor... And basically masquerading as a man, I was getting uh, some uh, some she's the the man taming of the shrew vibes, which I mm-hmm. which I did like, and which only further uh, which only further uh, complicates this relationship that that they are having, which I think is great, especially if you if you threw this up in 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 only thirty minutes. So really great job. Um, yeah, this is one of those few stories where I actually stuck pretty close to the time limit. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that that actually uh, it, it pulled together satisfyingly enough, um, which I was worried about, you know, because I'm always worried that, like, I'll just, like, trail off into some scene that doesn't actually matter at all, which yeah. happened a couple weeks ago, I think. Um, which which story are you talking? It was about? basically the one with the uh, the mystery um, with the the gallery. I think mm. one of the words was gallery. Yeah. Um, yeah. That where I was like, I don't actually, I, I don't know what's going on over here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was, I was glad that there was a you know a starting point and end point. I, having that final thing of just like being able to to leave the room and just finish it off there was was nice. Yeah. Um, definitely. Definitely. So. Uh, Within the actual story, uh, you do set up a lot of things like like this this idea that uh, a lot of out a lot of outside forces are uh, betting on this kind of marriage not not really working, uh, and also how you kind of pull it out to to uh, other nobles. So mm-hmm. I guess my my question is how did you like. Where did you start when you decided to hop into a royal setting? Um, I mean, it was mostly with the with the words. Um, mm-hmm. it, with the word abolish, I was like, okay, well, let's. <laughs> what's what's a, a threat of being abolished? Oh yeah, uh, just just the monarchy in general, and and then also maybe marriage as a concept, because okay. you know why not? Why not? Uh, <laughs> I mean, while we're at it, you know, just get rid of all the the garbage institutions. I'm just kidding. Marriage is good for people uh, i mean hey it, it is it is a great financial game if you know how to spend it that is yep that's the primary purpose of marriage oh yeah. um <laughs> uh, but yeah these were just basically details i was throwing in the background of just you know adding some conflict and um just providing motivation for why this is like not a huge deal why he's just deciding to say it and stuff like that um this is like almost related. I don't know. I was bouncing off of my this long idea that I've had of like a um a a princess that's like not not like the other girls, but like on purpose. Okay. Um, like you know how like like, brave. like yeah like in Brave, except it's like an act that she puts on in order to get the prince that only likes alternative girls. Oh, uh, okay. It is actually which is like, but but it's like a it's like a power move, and then she like takes over the the kingdom and anyway so i had like that character in mind and this isn't that character but it's um somewhat similar of just subverting some of the 
expectations. I mean, it's not like I'm doing that. <laughs> Princesses, you know, putting on armor and using swords is not like a, a new concept that I, that I came up with. But um, I'm hoping by, you know, putting a little bit of, of um, like... By putting uh, a bit more of a trans narrative in there, that it it becomes more interesting and more real. Okay. Um, yeah. So I I went back and added some stuff about her, you know, feeling uncomfortable uh, being thought of as a as a princess and stuff. And I, I okay. think I would like go back and and certainly do a lot more with that because it's it's pretty subtle as is, and she doesn't really think about you know all the people down below that are also viewing her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as that, but. Um, yeah, so I'm so I'm guessing that something like that would take a bigger stage um, if you were to like to like go back and uh, work on it because I did pick up on certain things, but I, I will say that that wasn't such a overbearing portion of it uh, yeah. beyond their relationship and and us as a reader trying to understand the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, uh, it's something that. Um, sh- She's. I. I feel really uncomfortable now saying <laughs> using, uh, she/her pronouns right now. But uh, I did write it that way, so I guess it just stuck for now. But I think yeah. it, in in the course of her like journey, that would be something that she, or uh, that they that they decide eventually, um, what you know what they want to do with that. Um, but yeah, I would definitely add more. I think if you know you're already like primed to look for that, I think you would. Uh, Pick up yes, it. Yes, yeah, uh, probably see it a little bit more. Uh, it, yeah, if you're looking for it, I think it's you, you can find it. Um, but yeah, it, it's something over a longer journey. I think um, that it would it would come out more. Okay. It, more of just like once you know they realize that it it's an option. Okay, definitely, definitely. So uh, if you did have unlimited time to possibly go back and work on certain things. We've we've already talked about you wanting to make this trans narrative much much larger. So what else would you do when when you do go back and maybe work on it? Um make it make a little bit more sense. I okay. think the, the Well, the, I mean, like, I I wasn't really lost in it. But. No, no, just just the uh, like exchange of favors is not something that like it, when you really think about it, like it needs a lot more justification for it to like really make sense. I think. Yeah. Um, it's just like she doesn't. She could just wear someone else's armor. Armor. Still. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. So either you're well, playing around I mean, with that. So mm-hmm. the reason why she has to wear his armor is because by having royal armor. They're able to enter into these games. Uh, basically, the idea that I I just want an excuse to end the scene. Basically, <laughs> so um, good job. It was basically uh, only royalty are allowed to enter this uh, tournament that all the royals of the the continent uh, participate in. Okay. Um, and she would basically have to masquerade as him because she couldn't, you know, be herself mm-hmm. because women aren't allowed to do that um, in this. Um, okay, I see. All right. So yeah, I'm guessing yeah, going, going back, you'll make that a stronger element of the story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or a more clear and satisfying element, yeah. Um, and what did I learn? Uh... <laughs> did you learn anything? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, where where were you when you were writing this? Like, were you able to really focus? Were you half here, half half there? Were you totally into it? Like, uh, yeah, I was. I mean, I was. I'm I'm uh, living with my parents now, and mm. I've got like a little desk and everything set up in my room. Mm. Um, and the results are mixed. Uh, on account of the you know the whole like depression thing. Yeah, uh, that definitely puts a, like a damper on my like writing skills. Mm-hmm. But definitely a barrier. Um, I was I was in the middle ground this time where it was like difficult to actually write things, but it wasn't like impossible like it is sometimes. Okay. Um. So so I don't so know. You able, yeah. So you were able to I guess <clears throat> power through a lot of those uh, things that kind of apprehend you from putting the best thing on the page. Yeah, uh, I think maybe 
letting myself uh, get up and sit down multiple times and mm-hmm. like you know sit down write like a paragraph and then try to flow off of that if possible but if not then get up and do something else and letting myself do that over time i think that might help a bit okay i see i see well yeah it's it's always really great to kind of um foster this sort of what's the word for it um writing ritual um that that kind of gets you in to the mood yeah for sure all right well thank you very much for bringing your story this week matthias i mm-hmm. loved it so much and i do hope that you do go back and uh work on it or continue it because i can definitely see this uh being something special all right all right i guess next up is our listener submitted story section So, we just want to say thank you to everyone who did submit a story. But, for our audience, I will have to tell you, we're going to spoil every story profusely. Which means, we're going to talk about every little detail. So, if you haven't read them, I will pause this right now, or pause it after we actually talk, or pause it after we announce them. Go, read them, and come back here so you can talk to, so so we can talk about them with you. That's right. All right. Um, all right, the stories that we're t- going to be talking about this week are by... Sithril, Nipotin, Captain Rhino, Wild Bow, and Yeti Mancer Quest. Uh, which is a, a new writer. Thanks for yeah, joining us. Yeah, exactly. All so right, let's start off. Up, Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Goddamn delays. <laughs> I know, Jesus. Uh, so, so the first story we are going to be talking about is by, is by Sithril with Lilac. Uh, so this story takes place in 2057, uh, so some some nice uh, near-future stuff, and we immediately get that reinforced when our main character, um, she's using a smartphone, but mm-hmm. is talking about how it's dumb tech, um, <laughs> and uh, we, we kind of get that, yeah, we, we get that reminded over and over of um, how the ways of, of using a phone in the past are so, like, awkward, and it was a, in this immediately relatable way. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's... Um, a part where she's taking a picture and you kind of get the implication of like with modern technology, you just take the picture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like with your eyes or something, but with a phone, you have to like get it out. You have to point at the thing and it's very conspicuous um, and it's not casual at all. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a nice little, um, that, that was a very cool touch of like predicting aspects of the future that, that people don't like. Um, What's the, there's a, a science fiction writer. I, I saw it. Um, I saw this on one of our discords, I think. Um, but uh, a science fiction writer has a quote of like, to write good science fiction is not to predict uh, the automobile, but to predict the traffic jam. Mm. Um, where it's, really it's like the consequences wow. of the thing. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if you have a, a thing in your eye that lets you take pictures and basically have a cell phone whenever, uh, conspicuously using a, a phone is probably like weird. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but th- th- what the story has uh, going on is that our, our main character, uh, Miriam, uh, is collecting a, f- a fax machine, uh, an ancient fax machine, basically, um, from 97, which is a whole, Oof. like, 60 years in the past. That's already old. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, she has a, a friend that is, is texting her, excited to get it, um, whose name is Lilac. We cut to her going back home, um, and uh, she's going to be... She, she's being guided by Lilac on, on her phone to, like, hack and, and put together uh, a machine with all these, these parts that she has. Uh, and we get revealed that Lilac is a, an AI this, this whole time. And then in our last one, uh, the, the transfer is complete. The AI is uh, now more alive than she ever was before. Uh, we're not entirely sure what the nature of her existence is, but it, she was, like, in text only. But now um, she's uh, able to speak with a, with a voice and stuff. And um, uh, basically, it says that she's not going to destroy the world. She just wants to live now that she's able to. Yeah, yeah. So I really like this this story. Uh, I think it's a really nice, very, a very nice realistic picture of a uh, near future. I think something that was done really well within this story was a lot of the dialogue. Uh, it all felt very, very natural, very uh, character driven. Uh, and it... Uh, and it worked really well in pushing the plot forward. Um, and uh, overall, I really uh, like the ending a lot. How this 
how this uh, AI is is constantly questioned about its intentions, but it proves to be a uh, a lot simpler than we all would assume. And I just really like that that ending, and it uh, and it ended on a very sweet note. It's a very good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, the only uh, critique that I I want to give right now is uh, Miriam is a little bit not. Um, curious enough about this AI. I, uh, she asking she she asks uh, Lilac if uh, Lilac wants to take over the world, and you think that maybe she'd want to ask that before she uh, yeah. set her free, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I I really enjoyed their their banter back and forth, and I I definitely understand that. Um, you know, you have thirty minutes, and, and exactly. you put the dialogue at the end. So, like, I I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thanks, Cithril. Exactly. And next up uh, is by. Nipotin with the banana and the fish. Yeah. Uh, so we start off here with some uh, setting up very quickly on what the, the structure of this piece is going to be. Yeah. Uh, going, he is her employee. She is his boss. He is in the copy room filing papers. She enters. He said, oh, hey. She said, hi there. And we go on uh, switching back and forth with the he said, she said. And I, I think it's a really clever thing that Nipotin's doing here of um, setting up this this structure um, of the he said, she said. So that way uh, I, they, they talk about it in, in their own comments of how uh, where in other times uh, getting rid of all the dialogue tags can be um, it is it makes it look nice, but there's a- occasions where it can get confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with having uh, extremely consistent dialogue tags, um, and especially when they're off to the side, they're actually very easy to ignore. Yeah. But they're there when you need to check them, which is uh, really nice. So it it's kind of becomes more like um, uh, dialogue in a in a play. Um. But in this one, they they this um, boss exchanges uh, words with her employee, um, and we kind of get pretty cl- quickly that she's you know, like into him. She talks about how tall he is, how strong mm-hmm. he is. Um, she intentionally like falls on him, and then um, he seems oblivious at first. Uh, but as we as she talks to him, it kind of becomes clear that like he kind of is aware, but he finds this really awkward, and he's not. He, he's not into it um and so this whole time we're kind of like we're a little bit at least i was a little bit in her perspective of like oh there's gonna be some sexy flirting boss employee stuff right yeah um and um but it's it's not that at all it actually makes him very uncomfortable and um she ends up like blocking his his exit, like really, you know, trying to make something happen, and he's v- extremely uncomfortable with this, and basically slams the the door open because you know he's he, she's trapping him and mm-hmm. you know making him, um, yeah, extremely uncomfortable. And uh, as a result of that, she fires him, which is like, yeah, it's really really messed up. Yeah, definitely. So I uh, really did like this story, uh, first and foremost because of how quickly and makes you uncomfortable at least uh in my own reading uh once you get once you get deeper into what this connection really is uh and i think the the dialogue is very telling at what is going on um which it definitely needs to be because this story is is entirely dialogue for the most part um um, yeah, uh, and I think for for me, the only critique that I do have is that even though the story is mostly dialogue, um, there are moments where I've I found it a bit difficult to visualize what is happening because there is a lack of um, action lines, which is fine for for this for this concept. I just think further down, uh, it could help in alleviating some of that confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's a there's a couple times, especially where there's some dialogue that feels kind of um, it feels like it could be done a little bit more efficiently. Where yeah. like because it's simulating natural dialogue, where they're cutting each other off, some sentences kind of don't convey very much. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, it's it's conveying its own thing as as well. But um, yeah, just that the maybe some lines could be cut just to make it a little 
snappier and stuff. Like when they're exchanging um some of the like uh one word lines. Yeah, basically. <clears throat> yeah. Basically. Um where there's just like a one word response. You could basically tack on the next line of that character on there as well mm-hmm. and um yeah, do maybe yeah, just do things a little bit quicker that way. Um yeah, but but overall, really great story, and thank you mm-hmm. for submitting this week. Uh, mm-hmm. And next up is by Wildbow with Air. Uh, yeah, so of course another Wildbow story. So of course it's great. Yeah. Um, this is actually really <laughs> different from his other work. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like anyway. Um, so <clears throat> this one we we start off with a Minotaur, uh, which is sixteen feet tall and covered in. Um, uh, railroad spikes. <laughs> railroad, yeah, where, uh, yeah, railroad spikes are sticking through its horns. So it's it's pretty uh, scary looking. Um, and basically, so our, our main character Morag, uh, who's a, a total badass, we find that out very quickly. Yes, is um, hunting uh, down monsters uh, in in this part of the city. They they're kind of running rampant, and so she's come in here just to get get a little bit of of money, not easy money, but a little bit of money. Uh, she's got this uh, enchanted uh, ghostly chainsaw named Chew, uh, which is really fun. Um, and so we have this pretty brutal fight between her and the Minotaur. Her, her hand gets chewed up by her own chainsaw. And it's like it, pretty violent, even though she seems pretty self-assured. Um, and uh, so that's the beginning. It's, it's, it's a nice explosive opening. Uh, but afterwards, she goes to the subway, uh, dragging her uh, kill behind her. And so we get a lot more on, on the setting, right? There's chainsaws. There's a, a subway that um, switches from train tracks to uh, hanging overhead as it travels through these giant caverns and things. Um, and in that um, subway cart, there is uh, this... Um, uh, Morag thinks that she's uh, an elf girl, but she's actually like human with some traces of the elf. Who uh, starts talking to her, does a little favor for her, um, um, healing her up, uh, basically. Uh, but they're talking to each other, complaining about rent and stuff. Uh, and then Morag basically, extremely explicitly uh, flirts with um, uh, Ella Tinner, which is uh, the name of of this girl, uh, basically saying. Uh, if you need some time uh, away from stuff and or to relax, we could do an orc wedding, which is where I kidnap you for 30 days. Uh, we, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I keep you uh, in, in very close company. Wink, wink. Not not wink, wink. It's, you know, she Morag's an orc. She knows what she wants, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Life is short. And then after those 30 days, you're free to d- divorce me, right? Um, which is just, it's a fun uh, concept, especially just how she's, how explicit she is with it. But anyway, it's, it's, yeah, it's really cute. Uh, and by the end of it, basically Morag thinks that, um, uh, Ella is just going to like forget to get her number. Uh, but she actually does get her contact information and they end up walking out together and talking a bit more and it's, yeah, it's really cute. So overall, we get a insight into Morag, this very, you know, cut to the chase uh, character. We get in some insight to this world, which is a mix of, of fantasy and bureaucracy uh, and uh, into this little um, interesting little romance. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I know that this story instantly got me in the beginning. I think the the like first half has fantastic action uh, just in the way that it is detailed uh, and through and through that we get we get to know so much about our main character, how much of a badass uh, she is, and also how she's only doing it for a job, which I thought was was uh, pretty cool and a uh, pretty telling of her of her uh, character. And then and then throughout, we just get more and more bits about this this world as it's as it's colored even more uh, throughout each and every paragraph. Uh, and then we end on this fairly sweet note, uh, Swedish, uh, that I just really, really liked. Um, especially given how much of a juxtaposition it is from the first half. So yeah, I think this is a yeah, fantastic yeah. entry. Yeah, we go from a life-threatening scenario to some very mundane flirting. It's nice. <laughs> Yeah, and by the end, I think Ella is basically saying, "No, we're probably not going to do an orcish wedding if that's cool with you." But uh, yeah, if you want to, if you want to keep talking, that's good. Which I think is, yeah, it's very, it's very cute. Very. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. So thank you very much, Wildbow. 
and up next is by Captain Rhino with Sound Financial Planning. So it's interesting that we just read a Wild Bo story because this is actually packed fan fiction, which ah. is uh, always fun. I love packed, uh, the packed world. So always fun to get to, to even if it's not canon, just to, to play around with um, the rules and, and things set up um, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is actually a, a sequel, but it's it stands on its own very easily. Um, we have our, our character David, um, who has a uh, familiar... who. Uh, named Aureus, um, which I'm pretty sure is just like Latin for gold, mm-hmm. um, that uh, takes form of a, a golden pig, I think. Um, basically a, a spirit of like wealth and things like that. And so it's this very, uh, overall, it's this very like mundane um, magic. And it's it's just kind of pleasant um, to go through it. And um, uh, David and Aureus are basically just like filing taxes right now, or other people's taxes, I think. Um, which is just their job, and uh, as a break, they decide to uh, do a um, big ritual yeah. that they've been planning for a little bit. Um, and we get some insight on on just what their relationship is like. They're basically like uh, coworkers slash friends, and, and it's just like nice and and pleasant. Um, Oris is eating a bunch of uh, popcorn with uh, peanut butter m- melted into it, which is fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> So so they go out, they, they find a particular place where a, a lemon tree has been planted on an intersection of positive energy flows, which is just nice as a, a, a different um, look on how magic can work here. Uh, he does a ritual here, and it's actually really interesting how uh, all the things are placed and, and where they're placed and how things are symbolized, um, which is just a, a lot of fun. And basically, David has placed a, a chest with a gold coin inside of it at the center of, of the, the ritual and is asking all the spirits to uh, replicate the gold coin over time so long as David um, holds up the other aspects of the of ritual and, and gives offerings at set times and things like that. And it's, it's funny because when it's over, um, he gets the coin back and it's like the most magical part of all because it, the coin appears in um, or an extra coin appears inside of a lemon, uh, but nothing else. And <laughs> that's because uh, he's not going to be able to get the money until he opens the chest sometime far into the future and he's not allowed to open it before then. So it's just like a, a pension fund, yeah. <laughs> which is very boring. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really fun, like, little... Twist. Uh, twist, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, this, this story has really great world world building. I mean, I overall like the tone. Uh, and, like, and like as you said, uh, even though they are doing this ritual, there's still this pleasant air about mm-hmm. it, which I really like. Uh, and then also, when we do get down to the... To the ritual, I really liked how the in the entire prayer was was uh, written out, and also I just liked a lot of the diction and how ritualistic it is to uh, to say the least. It uh, added a really nice vibe to the story. Um, and mm-hmm. then as we get to the very ending, I laughed at the twist that. <laughs> It, that yeah. it is basically a, a pension fund, and that they will but magic, yeah, yeah. but but uh, magical. And I just really liked how that that moment perfectly tied in to the story overall. So yeah, I think this is a really tight story. Really great job. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, well, Jarvis, if you like the world building, maybe uh, go check out the originals. Hmm. Maybe I should. Just a, just a little suggestion. I mean, hey, I've I've read the first chapter now. Come on, give me credit. There's a lot. There's a lot more. And which one, packed or pale? Uh, pale. <laughs> okay. Well, read this. Read the second chapter. The first chapter is just a prologue, and it's not even the the cool bit. Oh. I, I think I think this the the third chapter overall, but the second like actual chapter is like where like you get hooked on the world. Okay. I think that's definitely where it is. All right. That will be my uh weekend reading. Please, weekend homework. <laughs> please, for the love of God, please. I will. I have nothing going on past tomorrow, so I will definitely. Okay. Read it. <laughs> I think uh, Clarence is supposed to read it too, um, but he's he's in the same place as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, he's only read the the prologue. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much, Captain Rhino. Yeah, I really enjoyed the story. It was a lot of it was a lot of fun, and um, I'm always for more uh, packed and pale fan fiction, um, just because uh, there deserves to be more of it. Yeah, it's cool. You know, we we should do a a do the right thing fan fiction week. 
Where it's just yeah, all fan we should do yeah an episode where we do packed fan fiction. Wouldn't that be interesting? Oh, we yes. could even invite Elliot and Ruben on, oh. or maybe like we could do it as part of like a like a I don't know like a charity thing. Yeah, like the four of us. Yeah, like like, a, on, like, like we a could do effort. like a bit. Yeah, like a joint effort on a twenty-four hour charity live stream. Maybe for like uh, we we could we could um, play off of you know the the names of one of their podcasts of of the work. We should we could do it like um, all all paled out. Or something. Mm, yeah. Is what we could do. You it know what? Called. We should stop talking about this and write it down. Because this, this sounds like a pretty fire idea. Mm-hmm. I can't. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the next story we're going to talk about, uh, and the last one of this week, is uh, by Yeti Mancer Quest. Uh, again, a new writer. Thank Ooh. you so much for joining us. You did uh, it. Who's untitled their story. <clears throat> so uh, we are here in uh, Akiko's perspective as she looks about the room and uh, d- kind of describes this sort of ritualistic marriage that is going on here in this eastern influenced um uh culture i think it might actually be china i'm not entirely sure um uh, or if that's just a uh, a reference to the country of china which also exists here mm-hmm. um and so akika's kind of reflecting on um how everyone's kind of putting on their roles and and uh, she's not really allowed to be herself here um she's she has to, yeah. She has to play the role that she has to 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 be in, and so does her soon to be her 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 fiance, who is also just putting on a role they've barely met at all. Uh, she ref- reflects on this uh, old Chinese fable about a man who wore a mask because he was hideous, but after many years of wearing it, uh, when the mask was removed, the face um, that he had was the same as the mask because it had molded to fit the contours within. So I think that's just like a really a uh, great way to just i mean it, it kind of it states the theme explicitly but it really makes us feel how um kind of scared akiko is mm-hmm. where uh she doesn't feel that she has like a hideous face underneath her mask she feels that that's her face is underneath the mask and she doesn't like the mask at all um and um so, but basically, and we get some some more details on world building, but this marriage has to go through because of so many things. And she contemplates um, throwing out this bowl that they're having to sip from uh, of of this special ritualistic tea, um, just throwing it down on the ground um, and uh, throwing a tantrum, and so she can get out of this role that she is in, and, and basically choose to be herself, even if herself is not like you know a good or a, a good person right mm-hmm. um but there would it would be a huge hassle and nothing much would come of it for just a few seconds of being herself so she decides to drink the tea anyway and it's bitter mm-hmm. yeah i uh really love this this story uh one thing that that really grabbed me was all of the bits where uh there was a lot of focus given to the mask uh because recently i will say that i have been re-watching goosebumps uh, and I've watched and I've watched Mask Part One, Two, Three, and and Four. Uh, so I do like this this idea that is brought up within this is that the more that you do wear wear this this mask, it is fabled that your face will conform to that. But but to go even deeper, I I really do like how much time this this story spends on the concept of identity. Uh, and I think that was that uh, those moments are the moments that that really do make this this story shine overall. So yeah, I just really love this story. Yeah, it's interesting. It, we really do follow Akiko's perspective mm-hmm. um, as she's debating the pros and cons of these things. Like she really does want to act out. She wants to be herself, but the uh, the amount of energy she has to put in to do that is just too much, and it really. Um, I mean, we kind of give up with her <laughs> as she gives in and decides to continue playing along the role. Um, and there's some hope that eventually, at some point in the future, where things aren't so dire, uh, that she might be able to express herself more. But it's, yeah, it's still, um, yeah, it's disheartening yeah. that she's not able to express herself. And then also, I I just really like how there's this concept that she's always been acting. So then it kind of begs the 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 question, like, what exactly is the real her if it's all just been an act? And I really like that right. the story brings up all of those questions within, what, thir- 30 minutes? So it's really well done. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much, uh, Yeti Man. Wait, 
Yeah, Yeti Mancer, Yeti Mancer Quest. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Well, all right, those are those are all of the stories we are going to talk about this week. We do wish we could talk about all of them, but we do not have that much time on hand, sadly. But we do want to give a grand old shout out to everyone who did write this week. So, thank you very much to Sithril. Thank you to Sarah Penguin. Nippleton. Wildbow. Captain Rhino. Sir Raven. And... Yeti Mancer Quest, thank you so much. And also, we will, we would like to get a big old do the right thing shout out to those who left comments. Leaving a comment not only helps you figure out what worked and didn't work within your, your own story, but you are providing someone else with that crucial feedback that makes us all better writers. So, I would like to say thank you to Words on the Wind, Captain Rhino, Nippotin, Sithril, Answer, answer, Raven. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Words on the Wind, for leaving comments um, even when you didn't have time to write a story this week. That's that's really, really cool. Yeah, definitely. If you want to be mm-hmm. like all of these wonderful writers and and submit your story to Do the Right Thing, you can do that by going by going to slash r slash Do the Right Thing on Reddit, picking the most recent week and uh, submitting your your story using three of four words from that week uh that's right um when you post it here we get to read it and uh you have a chance of getting selected every week so please consider it i i do want to remind people um since it's been a since it's been a while since we talked about it that if you're a patron you get basically an extra entry uh yeah yeah you get a pretty significant extra chance of getting selected every week so um if you have not um, if you if you become a patron in the last you know uh, four months or something and have not uh, let us know that you are a patron, if you've already reached out to us, don't worry about it. But if you're a new patron, uh, consider letting us know so, so that we can add you to the role. If you want to know next week's words, well, you could just wait to the end of this podcast. You or you could go to our Twitter, which is at RightThingCast. That's right. Uh, you can also send us an email at rightthingcast at gmail.com just to say hello, just to, uh, or, or you want to send us your story when you don't have a Reddit account, we can post it for you. Um, or you can send us hate mail, which again, <laughs> don't, don't do that, but you could, that, that would be the avenue which you would, you would do that through. Yes. So, uh, just leaving your options open. Uh, we should get a PO box. Ooh, that'd be not. Nice. We should do a unboxing video. Yeah. Where we, where all the what, mail. what do we, yeah, what would we un- unbox, though? Uh, well, once we get a P.O. box, uh, we'll unbox all the crazy food our fans are going to send us. <laughs> Why was that a thing? That's such a I, weird thing. It, and it really is, because it's like, uh, I don't want to watch you eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but some people really uh, get off to that. Maybe, so. maybe, yeah, maybe all the people that sent food to those YouTube creators were actually all perverts. <laughs> Maybe, and then they just like to zoom in as they're munching on those top ramen noodles. That's right. Uh, well, us at Do the Right Thing, we are part of the Doof Media Podcast Network, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful network. I've been a fan for a very long time. Uh, I think we're wonderful, um, even before we, I joined, actually. And now it's even um, better. Mm-hmm. I think I joined, I, I think I started listening to We've Got Worm like, on, when it was on like episode three or something like that. Mm. I think that was pr- pretty early on, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it, but there's there's plenty of other uh, amazing cool stuff going on. Um, over here, over here, over here, <laughs> over here. Uh, Pale Reflections, I think, is um, Pale is about to reach the end of an arc, and so Pale Reflections is going to have a uh, retrospective kind of thing going on, which I think is really cool. Um, of course, mm, what you say is going strong. Uh, the 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 most. Uh, heartwarming. I, I don't know if that's the right word, but really, I don't know. It's it's uplifting. Uh, show on the network uh, covering the OC, uh, which I I still refuse to watch, but <laughs> I like I like hearing them talk about it. Scott and Elise. Um, and um, just just because I haven't talked about it in a while, Kingslingers is of course uh, covering the uh, Dark Tower series by uh, Stephen King, and uh, that one's been really successful. And mm-hmm. um, I'm really happy to hear about that one. And I really should probably read a Stephen King book at some point in my hey, life. I that's can give not... you seven of them. That's you could, <laughs> and I might even open them. <laughs> might <laughs> look you read you read you read Pale, and I'll I'll read. Dear Stephen King, right. I will. I will. I will take you up on that offer. <laughs> All right. Um, well, also, 
If you want to support all of those shows, including do do the right thing, you can always go to the you can always go to the Doof Media Patreon. Uh, by uh, donating a dollar or more per month, you get you get access to the Doof Media Discord filled with wonderful people that just is like talking about any old thing, and also you will be able to support the uh, the uh, content that you like to listen to. That's right. Uh, I know I've been plugging it on like it like every single week, uh, but at the $10 level, you get access to our bonus content, which we now, we recorded it. We've recorded the, the, the Madoka Magica Woo! redemption episode. We did it. Uh, we're now calling that doof-overs <laughs> because we're, do, we're doofing it over. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you want to hear uh, Jarvis and I uh, talking about Madoka Magica, or Pella Mega Madoka Magica, and uh, why it's a great anime and why it's it's wonderful. Uh, donate at the ten dollar level and then go check it out on Patreon. It probably will not be out by the time this episode uh, comes out, but very soon <laughs> very after, soon. like like a day or two after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there there's no schedule to these things. It's just when I get around to it. But it's it's recorded, so <laughs> yeah. there you go. We we have all of the data. We just have to put it in the right place. That's ex- exactly right. <laughs> Uh, okay, <laughs> let's find out the words for next week. Sure thing. So the words for next week are, can I get a drum roll or like a triangle? Uh, ding, dong, ding, ding, <laughs> ding, dong, ding. So the words ding. for- Ding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not funny. <laughs> That was quite funny. Uh, so the so the words for next week are term, classroom, white, and stitch. So I'm getting heavy uh, school vibes. Yes. Sorry, I don't know why I thought those were wrong. Those are exactly right. So uh, yeah, extreme. Yeah, very much school vibes. Well, it's like the first two, and then that just colors the rest. Yeah. So term, as in a like a like a semester, mm-hmm. or. Um, you, you can carry a baby two term. Yeah. That's also an option. Or, uh, actually, is that the same term? Like Ooh, wh- when it's like a word. The correct word. I don't. Uh, I think carrying a baby two term is the same thing, but I don't know if um, like a term as in like a word is the same thing. The longer I look at T E R M term, uh, the less it looks like a word. So <laughs> let's move on before I suffer a crisis. Uh, it, then it's a uh, classroom. I think that's a pretty specific word yeah it's a room um, that class happens yeah i don't i don't know how you would play with that i i i hope someone does that's that's yeah. my challenge to you maybe it's maybe uh, it's like a a room where the entire upper middle class is mm-hmm. um that is yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, then there's white, which is the the color, which is also very specific, but you can do a lot more mm-hmm. with it. Walter White. Oh, uh, yep. Um, white as snow. Mm-hmm. Um, snow White. Uh, f- something about racism. Anti-black. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the last one is Stitch, as in Lilo and Stitch. And I think that's all <laughs> the meanings we could find for that one. Um, yeah, so you could have a, uh, like, like Stitches. You could have a Stitch in Time. Mm-hmm. You could have uh, plenty of other clothes. trademarked things. That's right. Um, that's yep. Uh, that is all. Um, uh, all, all the words. Uh, let, let's, uh, Jarvis. What, what's the story you're going to write next week? <clears throat> so next week, I'm going to write a story about a little sad coffee mug. You see, this this coffee mug has had multiple users. Some of them were principals. Some of them were. We're classroom teachers. Um, but no matter what, it's always filled with instant coffee. This coffee mug hates instant coffee. It's bitter. It tastes horrible. It smells bad. And it's as viscous as water, which is not how coffee is supposed to be. So after it's spending years and years as, as a homeroom teacher's coffee mug, Towards towards the end of the term, it decided to go for a little walk. So it rolled and rolled and rolled down this big grand hill. It passed meat shops and bread shops, bookstores and double doors. It passed everything, leading all the way to uh, Mug Hill General Hospital, where 
where it was spray painted white because everything in a hospital is white by design. And it was then used um, for water because uh, doctors don't drink coffee. Because if you drink coffee and you are stitching someone up, there's a higher chance that you were that you will puncture a major artery. So this wow. this little coffee cup slowly became a more respectable water cup. I don't understand how a water cup is more respectable, but I'll allow it. <laughs> well, because it's for clear. The, for the, I, I suppose you're just you're constructing a fictional universe where anything's possible. So I, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's just my universe, baby. Um, that's yeah, that's great. Uh, in, <laughs> so in my story, <laughs> uh, in my story, so Lilo and Stitch oh, are, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. We're we're starting off with the with the brands, and now as as you're gonna see, we're gonna continue further and deeper into the brands. Uh, Lilo and Stitch are um, they the 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 the, the, the summer is is over, and the first term of of school is starting up. So Lilo and Stitch they uh they hike all the way across the ocean. They go they go to to Hogwarts, um, where they meet up with their best friends, uh, Harry Potter, um, and uh, what's another? Hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to. What's a, what's a what's a good um, brand to bring in? Um, well, you got Harry Potter. Uh, what's the main character from Baku? Oh, I got it! 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 Um, Harry Potter and um, Tony Stark, who is uh, he's a young Tony Stark, because remember this take this takes place in the nineties. Um, who uh, he doesn't have technology. Instead, he's got a wand. And an arc reactor in his chest. Uh, just those two things that uh, make him the best. Um, so they're 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 going they go into the classrooms. The three of them, the the best friends. Lulu and Stitch is one is one person. <laughs> Harry Potter and uh, Tony Stark. Uh, when suddenly uh, the uh, teacher turns around, it's a it's a dark arts professor. And guess guess who it is? Guess who it is? It's the Doctor from Doctor <gasps> Who, who Which also one? instead of a sonic screwdriver, it's the the magic one and uh he points his wand around but it doesn't look like a wand it, it makes a little noise um it doesn't really do much because uh, everything in hogwarts is actually made of wood which is really like a like a problem and all of a sudden there's a there's a flash of white light and it, it blinds everyone in there um and uh, when the spots clear from their eyes um who else is standing there but uh benedict cumberbatch <laughs> Just, just the guy, uh, except he is—he's acting like Smog, like he did it with the with the mocap stuff on. But he—he is—it is Benedict Cumberbatch. He's just in full Smog mode, um, and it's uh, the the our main characters, including the Doctor. They look at the back of his head, and he's—he's he's been actually slammered. He's been slammed in the back of the head. He's bleeding everywhere. Oh, it's actually a really huge issue, uh, which is probably why he's stuck in Smog mode. And uh, so, uh, Madame Promfray is out. So instead, they they take him to House, uh, which is um, like uh, from from the from the show House. It's the doctor guy. Mm. Um, you know, he's a famous <clears throat> doctor. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a visiting. Um, he's a professor of herbology right now at Hogwarts, and so they they take him there. And uh, House says, "Oh, it's not actually the blood. It's um, he actually has he needs stitches not on his head, but on his foot." And so um, there's only one person good enough to do uh, foot surgery here at Hogwarts. Um, and um, that is Optimus Prime, uh, who <laughs> uh, is, a, you know, as an alien, he's very skilled on, on working on, um, you know, very intricate things. And so uh, he, he, Optimus Prime uses a very fine needle, uh, stitches up uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's foot and... Um, uh, which uh, immediately heals a head wound miraculously. House was always right. Uh, the doctor does a little thing, and uh, Lilo and Stitch uh, do some stuff. Tony Stark he builds a suit and it like blows up and he like quips or something. <laughs> and um, Harry Potter uh, is there and he's still the protagonist of the story. And that that's that's what happened. That's what happened. Wow, I love this like BBC crossover special you spun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah all, all um, the main characters in there. Doctor Who, uh, just Benedict Cumberbatch for some reason. 
yeah, uh, there was. I mean, there was lots of other characters in there. You, I, they just weren't mentioned. Your favorite character was in there, actually. Um, so yeah, Optimus if you just Prime, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Taylor Hebert was there. Uh, she's being bullied. Someone told her to take that, you worm, and uh, <laughs> she did. What about uh, what about uh, Zach and Cody? Are... Wreck It Ralph. Wreck it Ralph. Zach and Cody were definitely there. <laughs> Sweet uh, life on Debbie deck. Ryan was there as Jesse, <laughs> and it was one of those like crossovers where they're like, "Oh, hey, you look like just one of like one of our characters that you're the same actress plays on our show," and she's like, "What? No, I'm not." And <laughs> hijinks ensue. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Uh, I, I do yeah, watch that so. fucking episode of Sweet Life on but, Deck. Uh, Radio, Radio Rebel Debbie Ryan was also there. Radio uh, Rebel, my, Lemonade my, Mouth. My sixth grade drama teacher taught uh, Debbie Ryan and what? Would, would not stop telling us about it. Yeah. Like, taught her how to act or just... I mean, like, probably taught her how to act at, like, fucking eight years old, oh, but okay. yeah. I mean, she, the way that she talked about it really seemed like she, she like... She, she was, was the, the one reason that... Debbie Ryan became yeah. like an actress, but she like put uh, her on or something. Yeah, yeah, which is probably not. I think that's not giving enough credit to to Debbie Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> she did a TikTok recently, and it reminded me of how I'm still in love with her. Uh, <laughs> I don't follow Debbie pretty... Ryan. <laughs> I I had a huge crush on her, and that TikTok reminded me that that never went away, and is probably like why my type is the type that i have mm, hey it's all debbie ryan it's all debbie ryan just saying it's all debbie ryan <laughs> that was your uh, debbie ryan awakening. if you're listening um this is not this is not a stalker letter and this is actually just the end of the show i'm gonna do the right thing do the right stop thing? talking about her wow. uh you guys have a good night yeah um happy birthday happy new year happy corona mm-hmm. uh, uh don't don't drink your weed um, uh, but make sure to smoke that water smoke that water Smoke on the water. What a great song.